You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Welcome to the post show. AEWX New Japan's Forbidden Door 2 is behind us, and we are reacting live to giving you our immediate thoughts to a show that, quite honestly, Scotty, this show fucking ruled, dude. I am hippity hyped. Uh, I thought this match was so good. I, you can already tell by my my energy here that I am way way more energetic than I typically am for these shows. It's past midnight, so it's officially my birthday as well. So I'm happy birthday! I'm into it. I'm I got a great show of wrestling. I'm jazzed. You know, I got some, I got to see some some Great Ocon chops. You know, I got to see some chops from Great Ocon. You know, I'm loving to see it. Uh, and I'm feeling good. How are you feeling right now? I'm fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> I am zonked. Though, to be fair, my nap that I planned to take was like 30 minutes total. So I'm working on about three hours and 30 minutes of uh, sleepage today. Uh, so I think my tiredness is fair. That being said, I'm all jacked up and I'm ready to go. This show was better than Forbidden Door 1 after, like, the first hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's how good this was. Totally true. I would argue... I mean, it wasn't bad. We'll get to it. It wasn't bad. But the worst match is probably, like, a two and a half. And, like, there's a bunch of other three and a quarters to, like... Yeah. To, like... There's a few sprinkled in there. But then there's, like, everything that's, like three and three quarters and higher yeah there's at least three matches with me that are four and a quarter plus you can probably guess what those yeah, matches are <laughs> i think i can <laughs> <laughs> um maybe I'm, I'm wrong maybe one of them i'm off possible i don't know um we'll find out we'll find out um so yeah so give me i'm i'm setting up tweets and everything to get this you know posted out yeah. there give me your overall thoughts um about aew x new japan's forbidden door it is everything people dreamed of when aew was created i think that's my best way to say it. when aew was created kenny omega and the young buck left new japan this was the long-term hope the long-term hope is that they come together in the end work together to the point where each side benefits from one another and you watch this show top to bottom i don't know how you could say anything but that these two are working together to make pro wrestling magic month in and month out at this point it's not just forbidden door it is a pretty much monthly occurrence but this is so far the pinnacle of the relationship and the crazy thing is it can get better yeah there's still 
I mean, because this is what you know. In a larger sense, you know, when we talk, when you talk about like, um, like brand splits, right? The the beauty of a brand split is that you, you separate your roster out so far, so much is that when you bring them back together, you can have beautiful moments. And obviously, this is a a much larger scale of promotions. There are so many more matches you can still do. Okada has just wrestled Brian Danielson, but last year he was in a four-way. We still yeah. never got Tanahashi CM Punk. And after Tanahashi's performance, I'm not sure. Um, we still haven't gotten uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Uh, and there's still probably many people that Okada could face, right? There are so yeah. many things still on the table, despite oh. two back-to-back fantastic shows and because of that you have to do a bigger arena next year without a doubt without a doubt because this show was fantastic uh, and it's going to sell tickets next year as well i'm gonna have a lot of thoughts about pretty much everything about what the future holds i think because i think there is a lot of future points in some of these matches Mm -hmm. um completely agree but here's the thing about uh, uh okada the biggest match that these two companies could put together is the match we've seen four times before. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, one day we're getting Okada Omega one more time. Mm-hmm. As much as people love Omega and Osprey, and trust me, I'm going to praise the hell out of it later, so don't come at me. Mm-hmm. But as much as people love that match, the pinnacle of professional wrestling, not just AEW New Japan coming together, is that matchup one more time all these years later. Mm-hmm. And I'm hopeful while they're still both in the shape and you know fashion that they are, we do get it. Um, but I want that to be in a New Japan ring. I think, you know, my biggest takeaway from this show is how much I love watching a New Japan uh directed show yeah like the way camera the, work is done the production I was, I was watching certain matches and i was like this would legitimately be better if it was on a <laughs> jokingly in the tokyo dome uh if it was <laughs> if it was new japan's japanese camera work the tv because he was producing us yeah just for some things not everything but I just realized that more and more as I watch, it's like, ah, oh, this just camera work can be so phenomenal um, when you're not just on the hard cam and stuff like that. But I'm sitting here acting like this show wasn't one of, if not the best of the year. And we had incredible matches throughout the night and we had incredible moments throughout the night. Um, when your world title matches are the level that they were, which aren't that high, you know there's still so much more to explore yeah in this relationship yeah it's it's so good it's so good my guy and you're 100% right i mean like the tvic production value is next level and you know maybe they also have uh all the theme music for the wrestlers uh correct uh <laughs> but yeah no i i didn't even notice <laughs> I, I didn't notice, i didn't notice either uh I, my dad called during the elp match so i missed that and then the zack saber jr one i didn't even realize that it was the wrong one um uh, i mean i, I guess, didn't realize that one because i like his new one a lot and i didn't hear it and i was like oh 
but it's i mean i'm fine with it i thought this show top down uh was killer uh barely any filler um the filler was the to me the only filler of the show was the one match between the two big matches <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which, which was the purpose of the match which in I, that spot which i guess actually is filler <laughs> technically yeah. in a the, way legitimately was filler, filler. could have just been called filler yeah naito wore his t-shirt he knew it was filler <laughs> but i thought this show was fantastic i'm i'm super jazzed i thought this was a fantastic show uh this like is I no said, doubt the most positive you've ever been I, a post match review, uh, post AEW event review. Well, because it's also what was also fantastic about it, and I think it was like this with Forbidden Door last year, if I recall. Um, when I, you know, no filler, there was no lull, right? There was no right. lull of matches where an hour goes by and it's just like, oh my god, get to the next thing. Right. There was it, none of that. It here. was the opposite of double or nothing. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing that was just like, come on, let's get to the next yeah. bit. And even then, like the bad match, quote unquote, the worst match on the show, uh, was it was in, still fun. In my opinion, was the the six man tag with Sting and Naito and Jericho and all that stuff. That was still fun. And that was still interesting yeah. to see, and just sort of like a uh, sort of like Sting and Naito teaming up to take down Suzuki is just a weird sentence. Um, <laughs> like even then, it was like fun. Like, but even then, what, what was the time on that one? That was it was quick, fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, no big deal. Really? Yeah. It didn't feel that long. It didn't <laughs> feel that long either. Um. But yeah, no. No, I was still, I was still uh, decompressing. <laughs> That's from the fair. Match prior. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a fantastic show. Uh, if you're listening to this, you are. If you listen to this live, you are part of our Patreon, so we greatly appreciate your support. Kyle is in the chat. How's it going, Kyle? I hope you is also enjoyed the show. Um, I thought this was a fantastic show. Uh, I have Trevor Dames Twitter. You know that he's live tweeting. The, uh, yeah, I'll let you take care of that. The tonight. presser, yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, he hasn't. I don't think. It, I don't think the presser has started yet. I'm, I have it up, so I'll tell you when it's going. Okay, cool, 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 cool. You can tell us when who has showed up for the presser. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a fantastic show. Let's get into it. Let's dive deep into it. Um, do you, how do you want to do this? We always mix it up. Do you want to do top? Let's and bottom? go. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. This show so like ah uh, hmm. yeah, I guess top to bottom. Uh, I don't know, because like the bottom we're just gonna be like, yeah, it's fine. Um how about hear me out here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is crazy. We do top filler, then back to the bottom. I think that's way too good. And <laughs> let's just end with Omega and Osprey. All right. All right, let's do let's do the semi main and then the main. Let's do the main yeah. main semi main and then everything else. Main let's be messy bitches. Mass, mess. <laughs> Just like Tenzan's number one fan. Uh, let's be messy bitches. Um, main event for the show, of course, just finished. It was Brian Danielson defeats Kazuchika Okada. Don't have time yet here on cage match, but this match was great. Uh, this was really, really great. I'll let you take the floor first, Scotty. What did you think about the main event? Danielson defeats Okada, and what I thought was a shocking win, or at least how, was, how it came about. I was stunned. 
I was legitimately stunned. Uh, is it fair to say a match is both great and underwhelming at the same time? Yeah, and I will agree with that. Because <laughs> I thought this match was great. Yes. But they left so much on the table that you'd think they're running this back at, oh, I don't know, maybe inside the Tokyo Dome, perhaps. What, what, but what's even interesting about that is that, like, Okada, like, never taps out. This is the second time. Yeah. He never does it. And it's, it's weird because it is, like, they, they left stuff on the floor, it feels like. Even Kevin Kelly is like, oh, you know, it was an even bout. You know, he's trying to save face for Okada, you know, big old company man that he is. Even though, I guess, now that it works for both companies. Um, Kevin Kelly is the forbidden door. Um, but it's like... You know, it's definitive loss. Kazuchika Okada yeah. tapped out, um, and I and I do agree that the match was great, but there was an element of of slight disappointment. And I don't necessarily would say it was disappointment. I would rather point fingers towards the what I will call now the the seizure spot that occurred. Yeah, I didn't match. like that. That that, so- that feels like it punched everyone right. It, Almost like in the stomach. It was. It took the air out of the room so much, and then you get Doc Samson coming in, and he's like, "The guy's actively having a seizure." Seizure. Doc Samson's like, "Not nope, good to wrestle. Keep going. <laughs> get back in that ring, my guy." And it just. You're it, all good, brother. <laughs> it just. It just became unbelievable. Um, yeah. Which you know. Great match. I think if you remove that section, the match wouldn't have been as, I guess, deflating or disappointing or yeah. whatever you want to call it. But because it, it was, it was great, and then that just happened. You're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, and you know, like it's if you're able to get work by worked by it, then maybe it was interesting. I haven't seen anyone on Twitter be like genuinely concerned about that. Um I, I no, I've only I just seen someone say it was a bad spot to do. Yeah, which I agree. Yeah, because at this point everyone knows that it's that he's not he's a liar. He's a, he's a fucking liar over here. Um, so yeah, I guess that was really the only like really disappointing spot. But beyond that, I mean, I thought the the work was fantastic. I thought Okada's obviously drop kicks were fantastic. Um, I could watch him drop kick and do nothing else the entire match. I'd probably give it like four stars minimum <laughs> do you think serious question do you think tony shivani knew much about kazuchika okada or do you think he heard that he was trained in, in his debut in mexico and thought that he was a high flyer luchador because oh absolutely for a long while it felt like he's like huh he's not doing any high flying he just he just walked out of the ring interesting it's like yeah tony that's what he does he's not a high yeah. flyer my guy I think one thing I felt about this show, and this is a very like me critique, is that I really wish Taz was on the back end of the show rather than the front end because I think he calls these things really well when like it gets serious, um, as opposed to Tony Schiavone who I don't think had a clue who Kazuchika Okada was as a wrestler, other than he's this guy. Listen, hell, Jim Ross would have been good in the spot because Jim Ross knows 
everything about Okada. Okada. Ross had that great call last year when Okada first showed up where he said, there's nobody better in the world than Kazuchika Okada. And I think he would have done a great job, though it's at the end of the night, so he would have been sleeping. But you get my point. Um, I think that's like one little critique. But back to the match itself. I mean, we have final countdown, obviously. Crowd loses their freaking mind. I, popped, I personally I, lost my freaking mind. I popped out. I popped out when, on the couch. When they were doing the spiral thing, I was like, they got it. Because, you know, they wouldn't have done something big and special otherwise. And it was just incredible. The energy, um, the feeling with them just standing across the ring from each other, coming, you know, an hour after what we had seen, obviously, in what that prior match, not even an hour. Um, and I just walked away from it. And I, mind you, I walked into this show thinking one Okada was winning, two were never going to see it again. I'm walking out of the show seeing Danielson win and saying they have to do this again. They have to. And they have to do it in Japan. The American Dragon wins in America. The Rainmaker wins in Japan. Feels right? It fe- because they just left so much on the table. There's so much to this match, so much to this story mm-hmm. that now I want to dive into. Obviously, it doesn't fit the current arc of Kazuchika Okada yeah. in New Japan, but I don't know. You got to do it again now. Yeah. You have to because you know what they have in them. Yeah. And we didn't even sniff that. Yeah, cuz I think ultimately that is that is sort of like the drawback to one-off dream matches is that yeah. they're exciting and they're always pretty and they're always great matches supposedly assuming they have chemistry and everything. But the drawback to that is that like unless there isn't really like a story built into it beyond yeah. great this, wrestlers, which again, I'm cool with great wrestlers, but you I, know, you, if you had a little bit of buildup, if they did a feud with these two guys, the third match would be great. The third yeah. match would be uh, uh, unstoppable. You know? I guess my best comparison for it is Mercedes Monet and Mayu Yutani in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? They left a lot on the table, mm-hmm. right? You you walked away from dream. You walk away from a lot of dream matches expecting more. Yeah, I th- that's possible. Unless part of it, unless it becomes a story. Mm-hmm. I know Mayu and Mercedes. That's likely a story. Well, I know if this is a story anytime soon, probably not, because Okada's going to go back to Japan and do the G1 and see with Kaito and do all this stuff, and Danielson's going to probably be on commentary for the next month healing. So I don't know, but I guess that's part of the intrigue of this as well. I hope they go back at it because they were flawless in there. They worked a professional match in the best way, but you have another 20 minutes, right? This match felt like it just ended. Yeah, that's, that's what it felt that like. That shock win. I, I I was thinking to myself, like, maybe a minute before the finish, thinking, you know, I can see Okada winning here. Like, if anyone can, like, you know, beat their guy, I could see, like, Danielson losing. I could see him eating the loss to Okada. That makes sense. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, Osprey beat Omega. I don't see if AEW would want both of their guys losing. 
And then like the finish happened and I was like, Whoa, Holy shit. <laughs> I thought we had like at least five more minutes in it. And it, I think that the finish succeeded in what it was meant to do. Uh, don't get me wrong there. Uh, but it was just like a, a sheer surprise where I was like, no, I didn't, didn't fully see that one happening. Uh, I was ready for him to get to the rope. I was ready for another five, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, but we did a surprise finish. And I, I think yeah. that definitely says something. Um, do you have an idea of a, of a star for this match? Uh, it sounds like it's both highly rated for us, but do you have an idea? Or are you still percolating? I am still percolating. I got everything else in uh, this one. I'm, I think because I'm still I'm still reacting. Yeah, <laughs> to like how it ended. You know, I'm trying to think back to everything because when a match ends like that, mm-hmm. you almost forget everything else. Sure. Um, you know, you forget that great tombstone on the ramp that led to the convulsing. Uh, but you know, which wasn't great. Mm-hmm. But you also get the, you know, when he when he's doing the yes and you get the rain make. Oh, it's just so good. Yeah. One armed yes. Uh I, I I mean, that's the thing. I guess I didn't expect this match to have a callback to the Randy Orton Daniel Bryan match from Raw that however right. many years ago. I just when I was thinking about what matches we may call back to, I wasn't expecting that one. So it's no, but off our list. The, Randy and Okada have the same build. Eh, that's that's about all I'll give them. That's true. <laughs> and, <laughs> and both of their moves go come from out of nowhere, kind of. Kind of. I don't know. Maybe we're stretching there. <laughs> um, let's move on to the semi. What was it? Do you have a star? I'm I'm teetering on like a four and a quarter. That's, that's where I'm thinking. That's where I'm sort of thinking. I think it's de- it's definitely above four, but I think I think there were two matches on this show better than it. Agreed, agreed. I'm I'm sitting kind of right now like four and a quarter. I'm gonna ponder it. I think again, if it didn't have the seizure spot, I think it could have been like four and a half. But that that lowered it. again. Yeah, and- seizure spot and kept going. I mean, it was gonna be. It was a whole. It was gonna be an all time. It had all the makings to be an all timer. Mm-hmm. And then with those two things, the sudden end and the convulsing, it's like, damn it, run it back, baby. Um, it seems like the presser is having some technical difficulties, so we'll yeah, check in I'm later. Still scared. I'm still staring at Forbidden Door Media Scrum, so don't even worry about it for the next while. Uh, the semi-main of the show was the six-man tag team match with Darby, Sting, and Tetsuya Naito defeating the team of Noru Suzuki, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara. We already sort of kind of alluded how we felt about this match. Uh, we both sort of seems like the weakest match of the show. It was the cool-down spot. It was after Omega Osprey 2 and before Danielson Okada, so I don't blame anybody. But, uh, for 15 minutes, what we got was... Um, some fine wrestling, you know, uh, t-shirt Naito is out, uh, Sting's doing the Joker gimmick, which someone tweeted out. I don't remember. I might've been Trevor Dame saying about how, oh, it's, oh no, I think it was Garrett Kidney, which works for him tweeting out that, oh, I just realized that this feud is going to become Joker Sting versus Painmaker Jericho, uh, which, you know, that that's whatever. Um, Painmaker Jericho sucks ass. I agreed. Dar- want everyone to know that Darby and Sammy didn't have like a lot of nonsense really yeah. for me. And uh, Sting, Sammy almost killed Sting. Sammy almost, Sammy almost twice. <laughs> well, hold on. Sammy almost killed Sting 
and then did a spot later in the match where he didn't want to kill Sting and he was forced to, and then did it, yeah, and then did a six thirty to Sting, but Sting didn't move away fast enough. So we ended up still hurting. It's because of the table placement. I think he got. I think he like the table. It was too close to the apron, mm-hmm. so he couldn't get off. You know, we must remember Sting's a sixty-year-old man. Hey, so. six. It's hard for sixty-year-old men to get off. Naito wore his T-shirt. Shout out to him. Huh? Big shout out. Big shout out to Naito. The moment the he took off the suit and had the shirt underneath, I was like, <laughs> uh he the. Someone had a great tweet. They said he thinks this is the night one of the Forbidden Door tour. <laughs> Oh man, this isn't Curricane Hall. <laughs> I'm not doing anything for this. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is. I mean, wh- I mean, beyond like a New Japan promoted show, the last time he was in the states was for Ring of Honor, and that guy was not working. Um, and you know, yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't. The, I would argue he wasn't the only Los Ingobernables guy, or at least former Los Ingobernables guy that wasn't fully working. But you know, that's fine. We'll get to it when we get to has it. Has he only ever worked? Um, and when I say that, like, has he only ever fully worked in like that one match with the Bushi in the MSG when he's coming to America? Um, no, he has also, I would argue, worked hard during the uh, Abushi Omega versus. Hiromu and Naito match that took place at CEO, the gaming convention in California, I think it was. So we we know of at least two times where Naito took the t-shirt off and was like, all right, here we go. Because I remember that match being crazy because it was neck bumps galore for a gaming convention. So that match, I remember, I recall being insane. Um, yeah, this match wasn't. Uh, this match on the show on Forbidden Door, this six man wasn't crazy. Um, Most forgettable. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a little bit of a dis- certainly this disappointment, I guess. But I think Darby Allen and Sammy could have done more stuff here to create something. They should have been since they're the young guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean ultimately you got you have I mean I'm not necessarily gonna say that Naito's the an old guy, but he is forty one. You have four old guys and two young guys. I mean, he has the worst knees of the match. What 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 else do I need to say? <laughs> and he's battling Sting. <laughs> um yeah I think the the problem here was that I think Darby and Sammy they didn't do enough interactions between them and instead yeah. used them to interact with the older dudes. Sting's um, the first guy on the podium. Yeah, and also like they no, are. No. He's the first guy on the media scrum. Oh, podium. fucking Sting! <laughs> Interesting. That's weird. Uh, maybe well, Sting's you can't have Punk on there. You can't have Punk. I hope you probably hope. can't have the Elite. Do you think we'll yeah. ever get Punk and the Elite on these scrums ever again? Well, Kenny lost, so, so you want he doesn't put losers on. That's true. So so we're talking Danielson probably get on there. Danielson, Omega, Osprey could be on there. Um, Bruv. Cage Match has this wrong, by the way. Cage Match has it as Kenny Omega defeats Will Osprey. Got to fix that one right there. Can bro. confirm that did not happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Watched Ed- it with my own eyes. I'd love to see Eddie Kingston in the scrum. I think that could be a very interesting oppressor for him. Sounds dangerous. Sounds dangerous. Um, but yeah, sort of a disappointment, uh, but that's all right. 
Let's move on to the zero hour. Zero hour, baby. Four. Do you want? I'm just gonna do the grouping of the matches. Uh, Absolutely. Go two in depth with them. Eight man tag team match: Mogul Embassy, Bishop Khan, Brian Cage, Swerve Strickland, Toa Leona defeat the team of Chuck Taylor, Rocky Romero, Trent Beretta, and El Desperado. You have the Owen Hart Women's Tournament quarterfinal match with Athena defeating Billy Starks. You have El Fantasmo defeating Stu Grayson. And then you have Los Ingonables de Japan, Bushi Hiromu Takahashi, and Shinko Takagi defeating Jeff Cobb, Kyle Fletcher, and TJP. What do you think of this sort of group, this zero hour, as it were? Good little, uh, good little, good little few matches. Uh, not as good as last year's. This no. is the one thing about Forbidden Door I'm going to say was not as good as last year's. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. This one. I mean, I don't remember any of these matches. Again, granted, my dad called me during like the Athena match, so I missed them, basically missed the next three. But as you far as I would can have tell, liked Phantasmo and Grayson. I think I'm gonna rewatch Phantasmo. You and like Phantasmo, right? Yeah, I'm I'm fine on him. I don't like him, so like, yeah, I'm lower anyways. But yeah, I'm fine on him. It's fine. Um, and I like Stu Grayson. And I think they can both work. Seven minutes. Oh, Shingo were fun. Of course they are. Of course they were fun. I feel like that match was just straight up like New Japan, and I, you know, it's like I don't necessarily have to watch that match, but I'll probably rewatch it anyways. Shingo should have done more. Shingo, yeah, it's weird. Just it's on this card. It's weird that Shingo and Hiromu were in the uh, pre-show. That's just weird to me. I mean, Shingo Where... maybe not, but Hiromu. Let me see. Where would I have placed them? Anywhere else? <laughs> Doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Add them both to uh I don't know. I don't know. You could have added them to you could have made a five a ten man match in that yeah, semi. But then, but then you got two ten mans. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, no, I get you. I uh, you can um, but you at least make it at eight man. Add Hiromu and then add I don't know, Matt Menard or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Daniel Garcia and the, put Shingo in the other match. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. That was so good. Very Not that the Fatal Four was bad, but, but yeah, uh, fine. Zero hour could have been better. Not as good as last year's. Um, I don't recall anything else. Um, Let's talk about some knee deficiencies. Jeez. Uh, <clears throat> AEW World Title Match opening the show. MJF deceit defeats Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi. Tough. Let's 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 have an honest conversation about Tanahashi. This match was fully MJF just doing heel shtick the entire time to give Tanahashi time and to, so that he can move and do his thing. It's you know I you know I've seen tweets about you know he's in his dad era, Kojima is like in his granddad era, and this guy can still go. Yuji Nagata is in his granddad era and can still go. You know. Those two those two didn't do uh let me rephrase. Those two didn't do the athleticism or have the athleticism Jericho's freaking out at this press conference right now. What? Um <laughs> it's a sting. He just walked in and is oh, screaming. Okay. Um he, he with the way he wrestles, right landing, you know, the high fly flows and all that, and the the way he paces himself, right, he's always running, he's always doing these things. 
if he lost his knees, he lost, he was going to lose a lot of his offense mm-hmm. or his, the best of him. Truthfully, I think last year was his last great year. Yeah. And I think everything else now is like, he'll benefit from being in the big trios matches because he could do his few spots and mm-hmm. have backup. He can do the tag. He can do the dream tag with Okada Yep, and do right. Cause Okada could do a lot of that, but he can't do the big singles matches anymore. And I think that's an okay reality to accept. Now that being said, he's in the G1 climax. So he's a top build guy in his block with he, Naito. He, he can all. So the thing with Tanahashi is some days his knees will work. Mm-hmm. Like there are just some days they work, mm-hmm. but uh, those couldn't be more unpredictable if you tried. So, but I think also those days are becoming few and far between. Yeah, he he need, it, his best bet is to figure out something like a Keiji Muto did. Yes, because Keiji Muto has a similar style to him in that they really focused on the flying and stuff like that. If Tanahashi can do that, he can really um, make the best of his last couple of years here. But there is definitely a reality that we are dealing with now that Tanahashi can't be the guy in these big world title matches anymore. And listen, that's okay. He's 46 years old. He has a Hall of Fame career behind him. He doesn't. He's 46. He's 46. Sounds. I think he's 46. He is uh, 46. Five years older than Naito. Yeah. So I think that's about the way I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Naito saved, though, because Naito's style isn't like Tanahashi's. You know, Naito's not flying through the air or anything. Yeah. Naito's moving. He's running, but he's not flying. He's not doing the, um, you know, high fly flow. And when, when there's ropes and, you know, turnbuckles that are different for him. So he's like, oh, shit. I- I'm going to wave my hands at that because every other Japanese star was able to handle the ropes. <laughs> Kojima did it. Okada did it. You know, the, everyone else was able to hit these rope spots except for Tana. Well, he can't move his knees, so it makes it worse. I know, but that I think that's what it is. I think the, that rope dialogue is just an excuse for the knees, which is, you hey, know, it's, I'm that's... here to get Tana. If anyone deserves excuses, it's Tanahashi. I'm I'm really looking at this block for G1, and we'll get uh, more yeah, into the G1 awesome. climax talk. But you got the D block. At one point in time, this was a better block, but now I'm like after Swerve, after whatever the match he had previous in Japan. It might have been the six man with uh, BCC, um, with this match an MJF match of Forbidden Door. D block. The top two guys you had were Hiroshi Tanahashi and Naito, and Naito is fine. Tanahashi is looking real rough. Then you got Goto, Zack Sabre Jr., Toriano, Jeff Cobb, Shane Hayes, and Alex Coughlin. If Tanahashi is going to wrestle like this in the G1 Climax, that block just got way worse. And also, do you think... I mean, they obviously see him as a guy that is older. They obviously see him as a guy that can take losses um, to someone like MJF. Do you think that they are going to give Tanahashi a lot of points in this G1 climax, or do you think he's going to be losing a lot? I think there's a chance he is sub 50% in wins. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to be around 500 
I think that's the best way to look at it. He's going to be around 500. Uh, Alex Coughlin might be the new young guy that gets a big win over Tanahashi. You know, that's a new yearly thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll actually appreciate this one on, like, most of them that, that beat him. Yeah. Um, he, Zach's going to be higher than him. Naito's going to be higher than him. Cobb. I remember the rest of the block. Cobb, Sabre Jr. I said Zach. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think Cobb. Zach, I think Naito. Cobb could be higher than him. Cobb probably is higher than him based off his per- current standing. And then him and Goto around the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Probably around 500. If anything, if anything, there's a chance Goto could be ahead of him. I think that's that's certainly possible. Truthfully. Your best bet for best Tanahashi match mm-hmm. in this tournament coming up will be with Zack Sabre Jr. because it's grounded. That's true. That's that's very true. And I do know that... Him I, and Naito work, but they don't... Ever, like, I feel like any time they match up in the G1 now, they just, like, rein it in for each other. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, all right, we... And and if I do if I do recall, uh, there's like a weird scheduling thing where Tanahashi has like a week off of the G1 stuff before the Naito match. Um, Mm. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, happens with that. They're they're trying to squeeze out as much as they can, which is fair. And that's what you should do. Um, Listen, at the end of the day, Kojima's in. A lot better version. Kojima had was also shut down for a few years. Essentially, that's true. That is he's been true. brought back up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing with Tanahashi, he's never been shut down. They keep putting yeah. him out there and putting him out there. Oh, you guys need a big match with a New Japan guy? All right, we'll just send Tanahashi. And and, and Kojima necessarily hasn't necessarily changed his style, at least that I my knowledge, like insanely. No, um, but no. Tanahashi's at a point where like he. I mean, you can see in his face, in his eyes, that he wants to go, but he can't. Yeah. I, I think I think someone tweeted that it, I think someone said it was like Drew Brees in 2020, where it's like the guy can't yeah. go at all, but he still has such a great mind for it that it's like you know you can put together something, but yeah. y- your body can't do anything. That's a good comparison. It's just like the old. It's the old. It's the old uh, vet who. Uh, Wants to keep going, but he just got nothing left. Mm-hmm. I think I think Tanahashi can shine here, or there in spots, but you can't. Like this is the last time I think he gets a big singles match. Sadly, yes. Sadly, and yes. Listen, I've seen a lot of big singles Hiroshi Tanahashi matches, and there's a lot more that I haven't seen that I look forward to going back into the archives and doing because that's the fact. Mm-hmm. He is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. And if his limit of being one of the best in the world and one of the best at each time he goes out there is 46 years old, that's fine by me. That's true. We'll see how he is in the G1 Climax. Um, looking at the presser, it, like you said, it opened up with Sting and Darby. Um, some notes. Uh, Corey Lieb from The Observer asked Sting about the blow to a head he took during the match. I assume he's talking about the same Guevara one, the same Guevara spot. Sting just jokes it off and says he had pre-match problems with his head, but he's good. Um, Corey asks about Sting's time frame of retiring. Is it Wembley? Sting says time is running down for him for sure. Excuse me, but he's going beyond Wembley. Although he's really excited to go there. Tony keeps telling him he can stay as long as he wants, but he thinks his time is almost done. 
I respect the man who who wants to retire on his own. Yes, and on his time and dime. Uh, John Pollock didn't get to John Pollock from Post asked generally about his this AEW run. Sting says at first when he signed, he took it one day at a time, then a week at a time, playing by ear as to how his body feels. He's had moments where he felt like his body wasn't performing like he needed to. Um, Sting points out two Arthur at shows ago, he felt like he wasn't performing up to how he needed to, but Darby told him he killed it. Sting says, quote, I have to wait to see how my body is feeling. Long story short. Um, two Arthur Atch. I feel like that was like one of his first matches and it kicked ass. Like that was one of like the, the six man chaotic brawls in the Ash Ash Stadium. Uh and that match was wild. Let me take a look, Ski. Yeah. So whatever the fir- I guess the first Arthur Ashe show is what he's probably referring to. Um, I think he wrestled at that. I think he could have. According to this, he did. He wrestled the FTR. Yeah. So he says Darby. he he thought he wasn't good in that match, and Darby was like, "No, nah, you killed it." What's the cage match rating on that one? Seven point four two. I second highest rated match after Danielson and Omega. That's fair. Um, Jordan from Wild World of Wrestling goes to ask Sting a question, and Darby jokingly asks where he's going to get a when he's going to get a question. Uh, that's funny. Uh, so Jericho comes in, interrupting, and cuts a screening promo demanding a tornado tag between Darby and Sting versus Sammy Guevara, and guess what? The Painmaker. Uh, Jericho hits Sting's water bottle off a bat. Tony makes the match. Jericho leaves. So he says Tony. Tony makes the match, but he doesn't say when is the match. I would presume this dynamite. That'll be a great match. Yeah, that should be very good. They do they do Texas tornado matches really well. And like we talked about, like that FTR one, like the chaotic any any match that had the chaotic Sting diving off the balcony bullshit was insanely good. I think that'll be actually a lot better than what we watched here. Uh, Darby asks if Sammy is cleared. He and Tony note Sammy is getting checked by a doctor. Apparently, uh, they are cutting. Killed himself. Yeah, they are cutting the Sting Darby segment short. Tony doing some okay, whatever. Um, uh, next Bruv, up, Bruv is going crazy right now. Should I should I should I wait till he's off the screen? Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's got we'll a lot do of each stuff. Person. He's got a lot of stuff happening with him. So next match was the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament quarterfinal match. This is CM Punk defeating Satoshi Kojima. And if you, like I said, if you thought Tanahashi couldn't go, well, guess what? Kojima can go. And he went uh, all... Oh, I'm, I'm losing it. I'm losing I was going to say he went all over the place. And that's, that's nothing. Uh, that's nothing. You, save, the, save the segment. Save the segment, Scotty. Uh, this match was freaking awesome. <laughs> there you go. I loved this match. Um... I see him pugs have the time of his life all over again. He's literally doing the promo. Larry, Larry, Kojima. Mm-hmm. And I'm just laughing and laughing. And the crowd is going crazy for when Kojima gets back on offense, you know, hitting those shotgun chops. It was, it was for me, this was the, the starting point to the show. It's why I wanted this match to go first. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to have the energy it needed to, uh, Kojima, you know, trading back and forth. I saw someone say like, he didn't take a lariat. Um, I don't know if people know this. People don't kick out of the lariat. Yeah. It's his finisher. That's literally like, someone's like, ah, punk didn't even take a lariat. Yeah. Because he was winning the match. (laughs) (laughs) 
like the, like yeah that's exactly it that's uh, i point. i thought this was great i thought this was one of the best matches of the night uh better than two title matches um better time out better than two world title matches i don't need to be attacked um i thought it was a lot of fun uh yeah it, it cm punk is good at wrestling satoshi kojima is good at wrestling I feel like out of context, this my upcoming quote is going to cause like would would cause controversy and 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 get me canceled by a select group of fans. But I what I love about CM Punk right now is how much of a shit stain he is, and like yeah. just going out there and just be just being a fucking troll. Yeah. Um, like you know, it, it's playing into it and it's feeding into it, and it and. What it ends up doing is makes all the criticism towards him like a work in a way, you know, like feeding yeah. into the work. Um, so it's a he good. Has a, he has a shit grin. Yes. Every single moment. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Every and single moment. And then when moment. he won the match, he stared into the camera, stared into the camera, and then was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he's, he's really doing a good job. I mean, it's only been two weeks, obviously. Yeah. So things things can change, but there's a reason he wanted to come back a heel. Yeah. He's going to be a heel. He is a heel. Mm-hmm. He he is a Cody like heel at the moment where he may be a baby face, but he's getting booed out of the building, but he's actually loving it. He's loving every second of it. And I, I thought this match was it was it lived up to my hopes. Yeah, I thought this match was pretty good. Um, there were some parts where I was just, I, I thought it was dragging a smidge, but other than that, like, I thought this match was really good. Like, I'm sitting around like a three and a half or something. Like, I thought this was really good. Um, I think, I think this, the slow section was just like they, they just delayed the machine gun shops a little bit too long for me. Because uh, uh, you, because yeah. you had, you knew that that spot was coming. Um, and it just delayed a little bit too long for me, but beyond that's a, you know, that's a nitpick on a really good match, but, um, but yeah, CM Punk, I think he's doing solid work. Uh, the work he is doing is allowing the criticism to feed into his work. So that's smart. Kojima showed up and it, 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 I think Kojima earned a G1 spot, uh, (laughs) this year. I think he's takes that, takes that Tanahashi and he takes that G1 spot for himself. That's what I want to say. Shame is though, they won't treat him the same. They'll make his matches like six minutes. Oh yeah. That's, that is is so stupid, which is, and maybe that's why he needs to be, uh, back in Noah and do the N1 victory. You know, if, if Yuma Anzai's out, you know, let's bring in, let's bring in goddamn Satoshi Kojima again. Uh, let's get the olds back in the N one, I guess. Um, uh, Will Osprey is he still up there? He's just walking away. All right, let's go through what people what he said. So uh, apparently, uh, he was looking pretty happy the entire time. Seemingly, um, Kate from Fightful asked if there was anything Osprey learned from his first match with Omega to adjust to win this match. An in character question, so you got an in character answer. So who cares? Uh, Denise asked how Will felt going to the match and coming out of it. Will says a lot of anxiety, never felt like the world's eyes on him like he has been with these Omega matches. Quote, maybe I didn't cope with it very well the first time. Liam Crowley, which I think is a fake name, uh, says a lot of guys in the big matches barely wrestled leading up tonight, but he worked regularly. Also asks about the clap crowds. Will says the crowd reaction tonight is the best drug in the world. I don't know, Will. Okay, that's a Trevor doing a bit. Uh, 
Osprey noted that his his body is starting to break down. It's weird to me. That's this is an inside thing. Uh, Osprey, you can't say that after Sting was just here. Uh, <laughs> you can't you can't say your body's trying to break down now. The guy is sixty and he's still going. He's like, oh, I can go. I can go past August. <laughs> you know, I'm fine. Um, uh, as a result, he thinks he'll be wrapping up his indie dates in the next year. About goddamn time. No offense, but like he shouldn't be doing them anymore. Well, because what it's you know you have these U.S. indie spots like GCW every once in a while, but then really his indie dates are Rev Pro. Rev Pro uh, and One PW. Yeah, so that's that's a that's hurtful for Rev Pro. I think they've built up enough, but that's still like their biggest money drawing star for Rev Pro. So the, he he just shouldn't be doing it. There's too much money on the table that he should not be doing these anymore. And I know like it has already felt like Osprey has been like dwindling and leaning out of Rev Pro. Um, and, Z- and then around that same time, Zack Saber Junior joined back up with Rev Pro. So. Maybe that's the plan as well. Zach so. wrestles a style though that doesn't destroy your body. Yeah, but my point is that like Osprey can start leaving Rev Pro oh, and yes, yes, introducing yes. Zach Saber Jr. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Uh, someone asks, uh, uh, someone okay, someone asks Will a question about rising to the next e- echelon. Uh, Will does not know what that word means, and Tony tells him <laughs> it's the next level. Um. I love that. Will says when TNA was going down, you always say, quote, at least they have AJ Styles. And he wants to be seen as that level of guy for New Japan, emphasizing that he loves New Japan pro wrestling. <laughs> New Japan's dying, and I want to be the guy that the people remember. That's what he said. Will goes out of way to say he liked to be in the ring of Marafuji, calling him an idol of his. He says the balls of Noah thinks oh, they shit. can work something else. Um, Osprey does like 75 different Marafuji moves. Of course. Uh, Corey on the Observer wants an update on Will's shoulder. Uh, Will says it's a partial tear of his pectoral tendon. He's rehabbed it, but there's a hole there. Deformity that is now permanent. His shoulder came out on a Stormbreaker, so there is some weakness there now. Uh, Will, Have we considered stop doing the move? <laughs> Will, your finisher can just be the the hidden blade. It's like better than the Stormbreaker. It could just be that, my guy. Um, uh, Osprey's feeling fine, though. Calls 13,000 people hating him tonight. One of the best moments of his life. We'll ask if he's going to get in trouble for the Canadian flag stuff. Uh, I, no. <laughs> no, because Shawn Michaels did it uh, decades ago. Um, uh, Sportsnet asks if the flag stuff was pre-planned. It doesn't appear to have been. Will says a 12-year-old was flipping him off, laughing that the young man must have terrible parents. Will's very happy. says he loves getting into trouble. Um, is Will going to work Wembley? Will says, listen, the date's free. He's working RevPro the day before of Shingo. Uh, and then he plugs that. And that's the RevPro 11th anniversary show, I think, in Rev RevPro. Um, so he's in the area and he is free that day. So a non-answer, but it's possible. Um, and I would be, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, Callis's guy, Will Ospreay. Don Callis's guy, Will Ospreay. And I think that is pretty much it for William Ospreay. Because now Tony's on the thing. So I'm sure there will be nothing. (sighs) She'll ask to wrestle Sky Blue again. Uh, 
AEW International. She's not a good interviewer mm. or interviewee. Yeah. Uh, AEW International title for. I'm sure she's probably going to get. I, she looks so bored. Yeah, she looks very bored. She looked very bored last time. I would like and very hope that someone asks her questions about Mercedes. Um, but we'll find out. AEW International title four way match. Orange Cassidy defeats Daniel Gar- Garcia, Katsuya Shibati, and Zack Sabre Jr. This match was way more comical than I thought it was going to be. I liked it a lot. I thought this was I thought this was the most violent Shibata's been, with like with strikes and stuff, taking them and giving them. Um, I thought Shibata was the star of the match. Big shock there. I thought Zach was also the other star of the match, and the other two were there, um, which probably plays to my taste more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. Really good action, a lot like the last last year's four way. Different different style, obviously, because yeah. I do think they played the comedic stuff. But that's Orange Cassidy, so mm-hmm. it's part of the. It's part of it. Um, well, it's also like thought... the, the comedic element of like them doing those like sleepers, I think, on Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. And then Shibata uh, yeah. and Zack Sabre Jr. on like the third time still paintbrushing each other. Yeah. It was just yeah. it was weirdly funny about it. Yeah, I, I thought they did a good job. Um, they made the match interesting because you, you, you don't want to be ultra serious every match either because then it's all the same. And you, there's a lot of serious matches on this show, so I think they stood out really well. Um, this was one of the better non-big matches that we previewed um, earlier today, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the match was pretty good. Um, I thought everyone shined. I think everyone did uh, their stuff really well. Um I would have liked to see more stuff out of Shibata. I don't think I got a full Shibata thing, but it's also 2023 Shibata, so you know I'm gonna take what I can get at this point. The fact that he's still wrestling, I'm just, it's all gravy at this point. That's true. Yeah, you should just probably be happy with that at this, just because that's that's it shouldn't be happening at all. <laughs> but but at the same time, I'm saying that about Shibata when like I I thought Danny Garcia looked very good in this match. Uh, I thought he very much held his own, especially a guy that is, you know, the the fourth guy in here with the least amount of experience, no championship belts to his name. And then they did a weird like tease at the end with like all three guys with the titles talking to each other. I don't know if that was teasing yeah, something or if that was just a, hey, we have all these championships. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. So I don't really know about what's happening. With that. I think, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of. I, as I've said many times, I'm ready for Orange Cassidy to lose this goddamn belt. Shibata yeah. had it won. Yeah, so that's what's interesting. So Shibata has it won. He, uh, I think it was PK'd Garcia. And yeah, then as, Garcia's head off. as he's kind of going for the pin, Orange Cassidy comes out of nowhere, shoves Shibata, and gets the pinfall. Skin of his Jerk. teeth. Skin of Jerk. the rind the rind of his teeth, because he's an orange. What? Good question. Why is Tony Storm still in her, in her wrestling gear? Hmm. Osprey wasn't. Uh, interesting. <laughs> Osprey after. Interesting. Um, Osprey's still bleeding though. <laughs> He's uh, cleaned up. That's good. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Orange. I don't know when he's going to win. He's now. I believe they said this is the match where he's tied Jade's record. So I think that he'll win some more, and then we'll. So happy Jade's record no longer matters. That's great. That was quick. 
I, I don't think Orange will be champion by time all in and all out happen. Um, Let's give it to Takeshita. Takeshita's solid. I think Takeshita's solid. I would say so. This man jacked up Tomohiro Ishii tonight. There's some scuttlebutt online that people think that it could be Wheeler Yuta. Um, nasty. That's that's nasty. Are you kidding me? He's picked up a lot of wins apparently recently. Uh, that uh, yeah, I just watched him get pinned by the pin eater himself. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's the the converse of it all. Um, IWGP World Heavyweight Title Match: Sonata defeats Jack Perry. I thought this match was completely fine. Sonata's just doing his Ring of Honor gimmick of oh, let me do these spots, and it, it just felt like we were. It kind of just felt like we were sleepwalking. Sonata treated it like AEW treated it. Which is, uh, didn't really care about it. They gave him Jack Perry. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not going to give full Sonata. Yeah. It, I, thought, I think Sonata looks good in the thing, the four things he does. My favorite part is he won with the moonsault. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like, Fuck you. I'm not even winning with the skull end. I'm winning with the moonsault. Yeah. That was, that was an interesting one. Um, yeah, no, I, it just felt like a sleepwalk with Sonata. And then Jack Perry was there, and even then he was It, it was a fine match, pretty solid, nothing special, it's whatever. It was a match on the card. You're not going to remember this match for the match. You're going to remember this match. I don't even know if I'm going to say we're going to remember this match for the 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 thing afterwards. The story. No, you afterwards. won't remember the match at all. You're just going to remember the story afterwards. Yeah. So Jack Perry turns on Hook. He's officially heel. He eats. He eats up the the heel goodness. He looks at the FTW title. He walks out. Uh, Incredible then, job, well done. Also, Tony Storm just walked away from the podium uh, with her drink and food. Oh no! Someone's telling Tony Khan something. The last time this happened, it was brawl out. <laughs> no, they just give him a rainmaker buck. Actually, that's very funny. Very good. You <laughs> um, probably asked for it. Um, but I thought the I thought the Jack Perry uh, hook stuff was great. Oh yeah, to talk the about crowd it. was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the crowd gave it the right reaction. I think uh, Danielson has his arm in a brace. Uh, sure, yeah, gotta, gotta sell it. Gotta sell it. Gotta sell it. I think I think the crowd sold it to perfection. Jack Perry instant prick. He was an instant prick after this, doing the uh, like doing the arm thing and being like, what, what? And I thought that was like instantly like, oh, this is what you've needed this whole time. You you had this in you. You've had this bubbling up and I can tell. I thought Taz was great on commentary. Yeah, Taz really sold it. Yeah. He's like, are you kidding me? And it's a real feud for Hook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hook's like. 50 and oh and has no real feuds now he has one he's not 50 and oh but he uh this is great for both of them yeah. i'm hopeful it works out uh based off what i know about their relationship they're gonna do their best to make it work for yep. each other it, ne- it um, needs to work for both of them especially jack perry this needs to, if, if especially if, jack perry if yeah. this heel turn doesn't work he's fucked he's 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 not doing he's not gonna do well I saw you point out he was wearing the same colors as Luchasaurus. Yeah, I looked at it. I was like, I, I've been thinking he's going back to Christian Cage anyways. Yes, but he's wearing like the exact same colors uh, as Luchasaurus, I noticed. 
Um, I also just I love the idea of him going after only uh, children of wrestlers, you know, like Christian's obsessed with dads, uh, Jungle Boy's obsessive son. So you have Hook, you have Dustin Rhodes, you have El Hijo del Vikingo, you have the Gun Club, you have Brian Pillman Jr., Brock Anderson, Brody Lee Jr. You know, he can just take out all the children of wrestlers and uh, and I, I think that's I think that's the move. I mean, you can already see his his uh, his. Um, Twitter uh, heelness acting up. Dan Housen tweeting Hook. Dan Housen would never do what Jingle Man Jack Jerry did. And Jungle Boy quotes it saying, "What? Have a good match? Fuck you." And you know what? I'm in for it. <laughs> this is what that it is. Awesome. <laughs> this, this is what's gonna be. I'm into it. Um, any other spots uh, about the match or the promos or the post match promo? Taz really sold it. I think Taz did a great job selling it. All right. Um, so yeah, Tony Storm walks out of the presser. Um, this is back in the presser talk. She says apparently she's in full character. Uh, calls the reporters a bunch of bunch of marks. Uh, very sarcastic about loving doing pressers. Um, Corey from the Observer asks about Tony wearing her stardom gear, and I was about to make that note as well that it very much was a shout out uh, to her stardom gear, black and red gear. And also about Julia having interest in facing uh, and coming down and facing Willow. So will Tony face Julia? Uh, Tony wore the gear because it just happened to arrive in time. Great. Uh, Tony says she'll slap the tits off of Julia. Says she doesn't care. Quote, oh, do I look like a fucking mark to these people, Tony? Great. Um, Question about how does it feel for Tony to have the outcast backing her up? Um, Tony says that they're a sisterhood. Um, Tony, terrible interviewee. Sorry, now Storm. I'm gonna change it to Storm. Storm tells Khan that if because I can't say Tony tells Tony, Storm tells Khan that if another girl breaks her nose, Khan's hair will be straight when she's done with her. All right. Um, apparently she says slap the tips off again in regards to Willow. Um, Tony says she'll go to New Japan and she'll help Juice get out of any stupid situation he gets into. Tony putting over Willow <laughs> and giving some vague positive talk about stardom. Uh, sort of continuing the, the the New Japan stuff with her. Um, Brian is shoot hurt, by the way. Shoot hurt. Oh, that's fun. Um, Tony, call, Tony Storm calls losing to Thunder Rosa last year, quote, the most embarrassing day of her life. Ooh. <laughs> oh great um da, 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 there's nothing there's really nothing here she's not good there's here a... i'll give you a women's wrestler interview um this is what julia said at tokyo sports shout out tokyo sports for getting these instant interviews she said i will open the forbidden door by fighting against will nightingale i believe the red the red belt is worth more than the iwgp women's title and by the way is mercedes monet currently sidelined with injury someday i would like to face her so there you go you just set up she seven different things <laughs> in three sentences unlike like, tony storm who just said she's slapping tits i like the idea that she's unsure <laughs> she's like oh, is she injured she uh, injured. I don't really pay attention to uh, New Japan. That's pretty much what she just said. Let's talk about the 10-man tag. The Elite, Adam Page, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Eddie Kingston, Tomohiro Ishii, defeat Claudio Casagnoli, John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, Kanosuke, Takeshita, and Shota Umino. 
Second best match of the night. My match of the night. Oh shit! That is that is possibly a hot take. Uh, it's definitely gonna be a hot take. <laughs> I thought this match was fantastic. You know I love when wrestlers run full steam at each other. You know I love chaotic 10-man tags. This felt like I was watching... Um, uh, 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 fuck, what is it called? Uh, 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 the, the old Dick Togo, Taka Michinoko promo, uh, promotion back in the day. Uh, what the fuck is it called? Um, oh, God, it's going to ruin me until I figure this out. Uh oh god. Uh anyways, it felt like it felt like the, the the promotion back in the day with uh Dick Togo and Taka Michinoko and all those guys and they used to have big old uh, Michinoku Pro. It felt like that's a still a promotion. That's still a promotion. I forgot the name of it. But it felt like Michinoku Pro in the sense that You didn't, you didn't hear Taka Michinoku and think no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but it felt like Michinoku Pro in the sense that like those those multi-man tags were great because you understood every character's motivation and all of the characters' moves so that when something's happening, you know where it's going. And this entire match, I knew what everyone was meant to be doing, what everyone was doing. They built it basically just around Eddie Kingston which I thought was a fantastic idea of like, you know, er, there's the feud between BCC and the elite, but really ultimately because of Eddie Kingston's inclusion here, they built it around Eddie Kingston's relationship against Claudio, his relationship with Moxley. He takes a out of nowhere bullet for Moxley. And then Moxley comes around and does a cutter to him. uh, And he gets all upset about that after the fact. I thought that was very interesting that he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't want to fight Moxley, but Moxley's like, well, you're against me, so screw you, which he said in that promo last uh, Wednesday. Um, I thought the chaos was fantastic. Uh, the chaotic nature of these matches are always great. Fucking that elbow that Takeshita hit on Tomohiro Ishii was the loudest, biggest. I have never in my life seen a single person knock out Ishii like that. I think ever. That was fantastic. Takesha is a real dude for that one. Uh, that was so good. Everyone played their roles perfectly here. Everyone worked insanely well, and it it just it. I love this match, dude. I just, I thought this match was so, so great. I'm like four and three quarters on it. I thought it was so great. I thought that, um, it, it has what I want. Cause I was also thinking about like that philosophy is like the young bucks, the elite, what I like most about them is how themselves they are and how, on the pulse they are of wrestling of especially modern wrestling because it's like i like punk but like punk is very much a old school throwback of a wrestler which that is also fine but then you get matches and feuds with samoa joe ideas of kenta um you know things with satoshi kojima and i told you at ring post radio this morning that the most excited thing for cm punk that i am about 
is CM Punk versus Jay White. I'm more excited about that than anything else because I want to see something new with with CM Punk. Um, if I want to watch CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, there's a trilogy of matches that are fantastic. Um, not to saying that it's going to be bad or anything. Uh, that's you know that's just an example. You know, I could say the same thing about Chris Jericho and Sting. You know, do I necessarily want to see Chris Jericho versus Sting? Not really, but, you know, it's a fun little throwback thing. But what I do like is the modernness, the feels like we're pushing the envelope, we're pushing things forward, and that is what the the, the energy that the, the elite push, they do a lot of matches with, with characters, character-driven stories, character-driven matches, uh, which I think are fantastic. And not to say that CM Punk or anyone else is not doing character-driven stuff, but it just it feels very much like that Michinoku Pro idea of everyone, you know the motivations of every single wrestler in these matches, even the heels, and it works extremely well. I love this match. Me gushing over it is making me think about five, but you know I gotta think about that for a second. The fact that I'm considering it makes it a four and three quarters. Um, so I don't know. I I really love this match, Scotty. I I thought this match was fan fucking tastic. Boy fucking howdy, my guy. Uh, reminder: CM Punk has only been back for two weeks. Anyways, let me talk about the match now. Um, I thought this was. Tremendous. It was, you know, 10 great wrestlers going in there and continuing stories, furthering stories, um, never getting lost in the match, if that makes sense. Um, I think, you know, with so many moving parts, you can. So many moving parts, it's easy to... It's easy to lose what you're trying, the story you're trying to tell. And I think that's like really important. They didn't do that. They never lost the story they were telling. Um, You had, you know, the Takeshita aspect and this new heel role, him getting booed out of the building. I was really wondering how would he get reactions now that Kals isn't out there with him? He got the reactions you want to see him get. Um, how would, you know, the Moxley and Eddie Kingston stuff work? It was phenomenal. People were losing their minds. Meanwhile, Hangman and the Young Bucks are doing flips and dives and all the shit around it, which is awesome. Um, you know, you just watch this match and you understand why the Blackpool Combat Club for your money is the best thing going. In a lot of ways. Uh, Any match they have is must-see. They are the best faction in professional wrestling. They are the best. They, no faction works better than them. If you told me that Wheeler Yuta was going to be like a perfect plug into a faction that has three absolute superstars, I would have laughed at you when it first happened. He still does feel like the odd guy out, but that's the point in a lot of ways. He feels like the little, he's the little, you know, pissant that just bothers you and bothers you that can go. Um, you know, Shooter was kind of just happy to be there, right? Yeah. He was, he, <laughs> yeah. he, 
but truthfully, he didn't have a main spot. No. Like, if you look at this match, he had no story in this. Yeah, that's the one hole in my my whole plea there is that Shooter didn't really have anything beyond like, no. oh, he has the connection to Moxley. And yeah, like he looked cool when they all walked out there. Mm-hmm. They looked awesome. Mm-hmm. That's good enough, I guess. Um, I'm happy he was on the show though because you know he gets credit for being in a great match. Congratulations to him. Um, he didn't do anything bad. He didn't do anything standoutish. He didn't really. He was never really tagged in. To be fair, it was kind of everyone else. His like um, his like one standout moment to me was him doing the tag team s- sequence stuff with like Takeshita. With Takeshita, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Those two clicked instantly. Um, I think T- Takeshita, he is everything and more that you want out of a Japanese star in America. If that makes sense, like how how can they stand out, right? Because so many people act like the language barrier is a big deal. It's not. It really isn't. But he does he does it really well in that you can tell like how he's feeling and he's just a great pro wrestler. Um I thought Ishii was excellent. Him and Takesha just trading was beautiful. Um I love him and Paige. I love him and should... Ishii and Eddie Kingston sharing the little Tenru spots. Yes, and I think Hangman Page should um he should probably be your next AEW world champion. Yeah. yeah. Him beating MJF feels right. Like every time I see this guy get tagged in mm-hmm. or something, he's your bona fide top baby face. Cause Kenny's Kenny's not going back to the world title ever. I don't think even though a baby face world title run for Kenny Omega is never a bad thing. I just don't think that's in his yeah, he doesn't. I don't think that's it. in his view. He really anymore. doesn't need it. So that leaves Paige, and Paige is your guy. And and if he's I the one he, that takes down BCC, you know, build him up to a world not title just thing. put him to be the guy to beat MJF, and that's one of their bigger matches. So this was fantastic. This was excellent. Um, it exceeded expectations in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because. It's just so many things going on. I'm interested to see now what they do, though, you know, with Danielson fractured arm, he said. He's out six to eight weeks. Um, He fractured his forearm with 10 minutes left in the match. So legit injury. He'll be back for all in, but he's likely to miss blood and guts. 10 minutes into the match is probably where the seizure spot would happen. 10 minutes left. left. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, oh yeah, let's so let's talk about his stuff. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Brian asked about final countdown. Will we hear it more? Brian says that a Tony question. That's a Tony question because it costs a zillion dollars per play. He didn't even know Tony got it. He was angry before he came out for the match, uh, and the theme made him so happy. Why was Brian Danielson angry before he came out for the match? Um. Brian says he hadn't heard Final Countdown since the last time he came out to it. He's, <laughs> I never heard the song before, again in my life. Uh, someone asked about the match tonight in general. Could it have been bigger? And Brian says you always have to work a match in terms of how it works with the totality of the show, and he did that tonight. Uh, question about Brian's schedule. Di- Danielson said he's going to wrestle on Dynamite, and he thinks he fractures forearm within 10 minutes, within 10 minutes to go in. Okay. Hold on. 
He thinks he fractures forearm with 10 minutes to go in the match. You're right. Doctors say six to eight weeks recovery. Um, and you're right. That would be, uh, 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 that would be August ish. That would be whether or not he makes it for all in all out. He'd be right before all in. Yeah. Oof. Which, <laughs> Oof. Which is preferable than not all in. <laughs> yeah. You lose him from blood and guts and that sucks, but maybe you can put a guy in there. I mean, is Takesh, are we counting Takeshita? If we're doing f- well, we're assuming we're doing four, right? Eight weeks is the twenty first, which is the week leading into Holland. So we could be so okay. maximum weight. He's still good. So if we're doing four of the elite, you know, uh, Omega Page yeah, and the Young Bucks. Yeah, you can do Takeshita, and it's still Easy. fine, and it still works. Easy. If you were if now if they were planning to bring in a fifth guy. Then you just subtract whoever we don't know about. Yeah, if the abushi, the abushi stuff is happening then or whatever, uh, you know. I, don't I give up on abushi. I'm so done talking about that guy. Exactly. Uh, Brian puts it over the medical staff. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The medical Sa- staff that said you're having a seizure. Go back in there, buddy. <laughs> says he worked MJF in the Ironman match with a torn labrum, um, but he says he describes that as just wrestler stuff. Um. Brian has asked about tonight's match. Brian has been looking forward to it for years. Says he was in WWE and Okada had a series of Tanahashi. Brian never thought it was possible, but Tony and AEW made it happen. Brian asked if he changed anything about the match tonight. Brian says he doesn't know. Uh, he talks about being proud and saying he knew he fractured for him and chose to keep going and doing and doesn't regret it at all. His favorite moments are when you choose to go over stop like that. Again, Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan. Uh, question, does Brian have any other bucket list opponents? Brian says so many, but he wants to face Okada and break his arm. Says he loves wrestling so much, the worst thing he can do is take it away from him. Uh, that's all I got from Brian. He's still going. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more in a moment. Tell his body to not break. Last two matches we have to cover here, the AEW Women's World Title Match between Tony Storm and Willow Nightingale. I thought this was a pretty good match. Uh, you know, we had some tiny shenanigans, but we quickly threw it aside, and I thought this was nice, short, uh, to the point, pretty good. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was well worked. I thought it was, you know, solid match. My biggest takeaway is that they said that the Julia match is happening in July in Cork, and so, like I said, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. my biggest takeaway from the match. Um, it was good work. It was, here's the thing, and I think it's time to be frank about this. The women's matches aren't, the the crowds that show up aren't there for women's wrestling. No. Let's just be honest. They're there for New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's why, like, I don't need stardom on these shows. And I feel that more and more as I watch a match like this, that's kind of still in the same spot as Tony and Thunder Rosa from last year, where it's just kind of, oh, it's a good match. Let's move on. But to be fair, though, this match supposedly was going to be Tony versus Mercedes Monet. This match would have no, been treated. Soraya. Well, we don't. Mercedes and Soraya. You know that for a fact? Okay, then Soraya versus Mercedes Monet. I would still think that the crowd would take Mercedes Monet match more seriously. Well, absolutely, she's that. just a bigger star than everyone. Mm-hmm. So, and to, but to, to that point, I feel like if a stardom wrestler came in, 
I would like to think that the crowd would know who they are. If Mayu Iwatani came in, I would like to think they know who they are and they would take it seriously. Um, Mercedes Monet is a very different person from a stardom wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's more famous? It's probably Mercedes, then Mayu, and then like Julia. You know, if we have the right. Mercedes is probably the most famous women's wrestler in the world, to be fair. Yes. Agreed. So. (laughs) No, agreed. No, but I. I think you bring up a great point about like the crowds here aren't, I mean, they were chanting for tables, you know, we want tables, right? Like they, in a match that's no DQ or that isn't no DQ. It has disqualifications on. Um, We've talked about this before when it came to like how people treat the women's divisions in AEW where, you know, if their ratings were better, then they would be treated on a more equal plane. And it's because, well, the ratings and everything showcase that the women's division is on par with the tag team division. And so it should get as much treatment as the tag team division does. One could argue the tag team division gets more or less than the women's, but that's its own thing. The crowd isn't as into the women's stuff as it is for the men's stuff. And I think that's a fair point And that's a fair concern is that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm guessing Scotty that as a stardom fan, you don't want your stardom wrestlers to, feel diminished to fans who won't appreciate the stardom wrestlers. Is that a that fair, fair assumption? Correct. I watched a match today that had Tommy high sheet walking out, looking like the biggest star in pro wrestling. If you put a Tommy high sheet across Tony storm today, I can almost guarantee you, I would not have walked away having that feeling in any way, shape or form. They could have went out there for 15 minutes. I, pretty confident that would not have been the case because it comes down to crowd and i just i we know what the crowd's there for the crowd's new japan heavy mm-hmm. it, it's the same conversation that people have when you know the discussions of putting starter matches on new japan shows um it it works sometimes but not all the time and really the biggest pro that people come up with those things are growth for stardom yeah and Which that is, is a good thing. But also, who knows, right? I mean, I don't have right. those numbers. I, yeah, it's 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 a tough. It's a tough. If New Japan were booking stardom on more of their shows, I'd be like, yeah, have them on the AW Forbidden Door show. But they're not having them on them. They made these titles for no reason other than Mercedes, Mercedes Monet was there, and yeah. now she's not. And there's still a strong contingent reportedly in the back for New Japan that don't want the women still on the shows. It's not a sexist thing. That's more like a traditional thing. But, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's Which still is there. in some ways a sexist thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I only say that as like, it's not stemming from that. It's stemming. Noah's from lapping them in growing in multiple levels. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is... Noah has somehow, without having a division of its own, accepted women's wrestling on their cards a lot quicker. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with the Keiji Muto influence because he was someone with Wrestle One that had women's wrestling Mm -hmm. on those shows. And I do think that that helped them get in the door along with other things, of course. But now it's like they're just putting on all their major shows. If they have a major show, there's a women's match. So what you're saying is that when it comes to women's wrestling, Keiji Muto is the forbidden door. You're goddamn right. I think that's a fair point, though, is that there is concern. I, I think I do still think that like 
fans know. online are different from the fans going to the shows, and I will always say that. Oh yeah, the, well I 100 percent agree with that. People Scotty. forget that. Like, no, but I'm talking about the people that are like, oh, you don't you don't want Stardom on the show? No, I do want Stardom on the show, but I want them to be respected. I don't want them just there to be there. I think the only way, but to counteract that, I think the only way to find that out is to have a Stardom wrestler on the show. It is. And that's true. But if they're going to end up losing, then which is losing probably... in a 10 minute match like this, yeah. say you take Willow out, you put in Mercedes, Julia or Merce- Mercedes is different. And Mercedes sure. is a, I consider her a different entity altogether. Fair. Put in Saya Kamatani. Just put in someone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to do enough to one showcase Saya Kamatani or two, make people walk away saying, oh, I need to watch Stardom. Yeah. Now, we don't know until we try, and that's why I'm always willing to try. It worked, but I'm also the, not- it worked with the Joshi to a certain extent when they first came to AEW, but it wasn't necessarily... But but to that same point, it, it w- didn't allow people to go out and watch Joshi wrestling. They yeah. just asked for more Joshis in AEW. It worked for the Joshi online, but there's a reason Tony Khan doesn't use the Joshi all that much otherwise. There's a reason Clearly Riho doesn't exist. We aren't seeing. Riho doesn't exist. She's not a person. Mm-hmm. Hikaru is in and out like every other month. And Emi Sakura is the only one around. Yeah. And Yuka, <laughs> and, Yuka Sakazaki is in the game. And I don't she's know. She's coming. I don't know the I last think. time she wrestled. <laughs> Yeah, she she came. She went over to the U.S. for an entire month and didn't wrestle. Didn't she? She did a Ring of Honor show. I know that much. She's currently injured, to be fair. Yeah, but but still, so that's probably why. But still, she went over for a month and did like nothing. Yeah, I think your I think your points are valid. I think I think there is an element of you can only find out when it happens and see yeah. who you know. I think Julie is a good person. I think she an American audience would like Julie the most out of anybody. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, I think that goes without question. And so, yeah, I, I, I think it's you, you have to test it out. But I think it's completely fair that like it could easily just be like, I mean, you you talk about ten minute matches, but like, there's a question of which match or matches got more time on the show because this show didn't have Adam Cole versus Tom Lawler. So is it was it the women's match? You know, did they right. did they get more time? Um, would, possible. would Julia have come over and they had a six minute match or whatever? Um, you know, th- these are fair questions. And I think it's I do think you're coming at it pessimistically, but I don't think it's your your reasoning is unfounded. And I, I, I yeah, agree, I'm absolutely I coming at it pessimistically. And I'm not someone that's saying I never want them to work together. Of course, I'm someone saying that you shouldn't you should. The people that are like, oh, they can just send someone over easily. It's like, no, they can't. You shouldn't send over someone just because you should send over. Just because right. there's, you have to send someone over. It's not a, t- yeah, it's not like send someone over for the token match. It's send someone over if you have a plan, mm-hmm. you're going to execute it. Um, and that's why I like the Julia stuff's exciting for a lot of people because it does seem like a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I prefer, I prefer that than had they just tossed her on this show. Completely, I completely agree. Sense. I know I completely so, agree with you. I think that's completely. Julia is like the Julia is in the EO Oscar Kyrie range. She's not in the. No offense, I know a lot of people love them, but she's not in the Sheeta Riho range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She can be someone that does make a lot of fans, like EO did. I don't think that's what 
Sheeta and Riho are. I never have. So, but that's a conversation for a never-ending conversation, I should say, that we will never have an answer to that's until fair. something more happens. But at the very least, it's nice to see that uh, this match was given the time it was. Willow's good. Tony's good. Unless it's interviews. Um, <laughs> I just it's, Tony just feels like she doesn't want to do anything that she has to. Does that make sense? No, I get it. I like no, I just watched her attitude this entire time. It's like it's part of the gimmick. It's part of it the is. Gimmick. It is. But like I don't know. Be professional. Yeah, I get you. I get where you're coming from. No, I don't think she has that kind of charisma. Like I don't think she's a mic person, anyways. But mm-hmm. still, still. Uh, Brian Anderson presser. He, he, there's a lot of stuff, and I know I think Tony Khan's now answering questions. Um, but, 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 but where was I? Brian says he's gonna slap Yuta for losing tonight. Says he wanted to face Ishii for revenge. Sounds like that would have been the match for this weekend's Dynamite, but that's out of the window. Uh, darn, we could have gotten Ishii <laughs> versus Danielson this Wednesday. I hate wrestling. <laughs> um, someone asked Brian about spicing up Okada rematches with Stips. Brian says he doesn't worry about those things. He just loves wrestling the best people in the world. <laughs> hey, why don't you make your match a stretcher match against Okada? Nah, I'm good, man. Um, Brian says he's grateful they have New Japan's a partner. Puts over the show tonight. Um, in terms of matches, Brian says he'll do whatever Tony asks of him to do, but he wants revenge on Okada. Uh, question about how hard it was for Brian Okada to follow Osprey Omega. Brian says, quote, I didn't want to follow them. Ask Tony. And laughs. Um, Brian's at, again says he was angry before his match about something quote unrelated to wrestling. What what the fuck is happening, Brian Nielsen? Um, uh, Brian talks about his dad a little bit. Uh, questions about working elsewhere in addition to AEW. Brian is, but his main focus is AEW. He has lofty goals, but he's 42 and had to ask himself, quote, is it smart for me to do the G1? Maybe not. Would love to work to five, but ask himself the same thing. Is it worth the risk? Yeah, man. Work to five against fucking, I don't know, who's the defy guy? Shaft or some bullshit. <laughs> Just do the, that. The fact is his body can't handle a lot of things. Anymore. Look, man, I watched Tanahashi have a match and you have a match. You can do the G1. Uh, and stings like he I breaks down a lot more though. That's true. Clearly, he's had two straight big time matches where he's gone terribly hurt. I a, a listen live in spaces notification just popped up and it says talk AEW with Val Venus. No, couldn't <laughs> want to do something less. <laughs> Uh, John Pollock asked Brian about Omega taking the Tiger Driver 91 and wrestlers dancing so close to the line on big spots like that. Go ahead. Sorry, I was vomiting at the thought of when I watched that. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's why it was awful. Uh, Brian thinks you have to skate the line. Notes that John Cena tore his peck on a simple hip toss. Uh, All right. That didn't really answer the question, but all right. Brian says he asked the AEW trainers, can I do this? Can I do that? And sometimes they'll be very frank with him and tell him he can't do certain things. Says the Tiger Driver 91 doesn't does scare him because of the injury potential. Uh, there, Brian says there are spots he did he did to get notice coming up that he wouldn't do today and generally doesn't have the answer to the question of, of are spots like the Tiger Driver 91 worth it, but does think people should go over spots with trainers. 
one i mean we can assume that that spot was put over to trainers with omega but you know it's also omega so who the heck knows um bah, 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 bah. brian asked if uh i assume that when he says brian's alvarez Asked if his broken arm changed the last 10 minutes of the match. Brian goes on about how he's a magician and won't tell his secrets. Uh, and then says, yes, it did change my plans. So, well, match changed because of the injury. Um, I'll try to see if there was anything else. I know I'm reading a Twitter thread, and that's always fun. Um... Brian says his arm got broken from, he thinks, the Okada elbow drop. It might have been giving him one, but he doesn't think so. Uh, he says it's sort of a freak accident. Uh, question about working Zack Sabre Jr. or Will Ospreay. Danielson says he'd love to work Zack. Going over working him early in Zack's career, he'd love to work Ospreay too, but also wants to work a ton of AEW people. Still wants to wrestle a bunch. Brian says that he haven't that they haven't done Brian Omega 2 yet, he, had a few, he has a few matches of Punk and WWE, but not a big one. He liked to work Samoa Joe, Darby, Orange Cassidy. I'm shocked that we still haven't gotten a Brian Danielson Darby or Brian Danielson Orange Cassidy match yet. Brian Danielson's had an admittedly weird run in AEW. When I say that, it's just think of like the ins and outs of when he's been around and like what they've done with him, right? Like when he first came in. He had, like, this world-beater-type run, right? Started with Omega. Sensational stuff there. Um, the Suzuki match. The Eddie Kingston match. Then he had the feud with Moxley to go to Blackpool Combat Club. Then he got hurt. Mm -hmm. Then he got stuck with fucking Chris Jericho forever. Right? And then he finally turns it around to the NJF stuff. Yeah. Gets shit ton of matches in there mm -hmm. right roosh baby um, that's what i'm talking Takeshita, about like all these people gets the mjf match and then he's hurt again and this is really his first big singles match since then so it's been weird there's a it's not shocking we haven't got all of them just because he's doing a lot but also not wrestling a lot if that makes sense yeah uh, he he mentions Orange as well, but he he also says he would like to work Pac. Uh, where's Pac? What happened to him? Well, he broke his nose, and then he went home. Yeah, I, I he'll pop back up. We gotta start building up to Wembley. <laughs> he'll pop back up at some point. Um, now we just have Tony at the presser. I'll do this real first before we get to the last match. Um, uh, Tony says Ring of Honor isn't developmental for AEW by any means. Come on, Tony. come on, man. What? <laughs> Just like, just say it. He's said, not developmental by any means, except every match on the cards, except for like the kingdom and the champions are developmental matches. He says it is a place where he can take looks at guys because of the freedom he has with it as a streaming show of no commercials and different time restraints. He's basically that that fully reads to me is. I got rid of I, I got rid of Dark because of the Warner Brothers exclusivity deal or whatever. Uh and I just fully turned Ring of Honor into what Dark kinda was. That's what that reads to me. Um Tony thinks the current Ring of Honor champions are as good as anywhere else. Um he, yeah. Um 
Did you know the Lucha Bros are the tag team champions? Because I forgot. Someone asked Tony Khan about if he played Fight Forever yet and what's his favorite mode. Fucking <laughs> what? Who gives a what shit? What was the answer? Uh, he likes the ladder matches. <laughs> I was hoping he said no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> um, People shouldn't be allowed to ask questions. Yeah, these are not as good questions as the media call. Um, Tony feels like AEW has a lot of good momentum right now. Of course he does. He's a promoter. Uh, Tony thinks going to Montreal would be great. He'd love to run there. He'd love to come back to Canada. They just did some of their best Canadian TV ratings, and tonight was their best live gate in company history in Canada. Uh, Tony said the live gate tonight was over $1.2 million, or Canadian dollars? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he's... Uh, he's uh, very high on Canada, uh, but according to some of those collision ticket sales, Canada's not so high on you, Mr. Tony Khan. Um, asked for an Omega health update. Tony hasn't gotten word, but says he thinks he'll be okay. Tony says it was a scary match, and he's glad people are asking questions about it. So let's talk about that match. The IWGP US heavyweight title match, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Scotty, this was your match of the night. Talk to me. Talk to the folks at home about this match. They're just so good. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. I love Okada. I love Danielson. Mm -hmm. Love them. Love them. Big big Ishii ELP guy. Take it back. (laughs) But there's no one like Kenny Omega ever ever like you can't replicate Kenny Omega his movements his impact his ability to be himself a hundred percent of the time in every single match he's one of a kind he is he is. And I think Okada, you know, Okada and Danielson are generational workers as well. I'm not saying they're not. Yeah. But when I watch Kenny Omega, I know he's going to deliver. And yet I'm still amazed when he does things. And when I watch Will Ospreay, I watch a guy who has changed the indies through his own style. But he's not Kenny Omega. I'm so glad you brought that point up. I'm so glad you brought that point up because I was thinking the exact same thing because that's the story of the match, right? Yeah. The beginning of the match to, to take control of the match. He does Kenny Omega for Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. He then steals a flag and does Shawn Michaels in Canada. Rubs yep. his butt with it, picks his nose. Then he does a sharpshooter. Bret Hart, I assume. <laughs> or maybe still Shawn Michaels. I'm going to assume it's Bret Hart. <laughs> then then you could argue he does... Then o- he does the Benoit crossfade. Oh. Ben- <laughs> uh, John Cena, ST, uh, he. But then you could argue that he did Osprey, right? But did he do 2023 Osprey? Or did he do 2018 Osprey? And then he does the Tiger Driver which is Masala, right? Yeah. 
That was disgusting. That's what it was. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> absolutely disgusting. But in the story of like he is, and they said it afterwards that like oh Osprey Excalibur exclaimed Osprey is taking the shoe the, the taking over the shoes that Omega has left or whatever. He has, but he's not Omega. He's not even like himself. He's still he ha- he was only able to win this match by replicating other people. The reason a third match will happen is the, much of the reason that the Okada Osprey story still goes on despite Osprey having a win mm-hmm. over Okada, mm-hmm. and it's that he's never beaten these two as will Osprey, and he's never beaten Okada in the dome. No, nope. he's, he's never beaten Okada clean. True, that's that more more true. It was the great Okan debut. How can we forget? Right. He's never beaten Okada clean. And he's never beaten Kenny Omega clean. And he's definitely never beaten Omega in his home turf of Japan. Or maybe his home turf of England. Huh? Huh? Possible. Possible. Huh? Uh, New- neutral neutral ground? <laughs> and, and for me, that was the beauty of the match. Yeah. It. You have to have, and and a lot of people just look at this in the simplest way. Of uh, this was a all time professional. I'm just going off what people say. It's an all time professional wrestling match between two of the best in the world. You know, they followed up their first match with a great match here. That's what a lot of people look at it. But the reason I think it stands out so much is because it continues to tell the Will Ospreay story is that Will Ospreay doesn't beat the top guys unless he goes away from being Will Ospreay and cheats. His entire overall overarching story is he needs to beat these guys by being Will Ospreay. And that's going to continue to drag him down until he does it. That's the whole Okada story that I was hoping they'd run back with Okada, you know, Okada being IWGP champion, Osprey going on to win the G1. That would be your uh, Wrestle Kingdom main event next year. It's not going to be. They don't even know if Will Osprey will be there anymore at the end of January next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be there anymore at the end of next year. I don't know how he, every time he appears in AEW, he feels like one of the biggest stars yeah. in the world. And, and, and this think, and this was like the match that sold himself to the AEW right. audience. And he's gonna get he will get paid a lot of money from AEW to just work AEW, right? And I think that's something that's definitely going to be in consideration for him when that comes around. But for now, he's here. Back to Kenny Omega. He he is a psychotic professional wrestler. He does things that no person should be doing who has been as banged up as him, who has been as injured as him, who has went through the matches he's gone through. He shouldn't be doing this, but he does it because he's the best. He's one of a kind. He's an all-timer. If you call him the best of all time, I'm not going to second-guess you. I'm just going to ask you to tell me your favorite match of his. That's all I'm going to ask you because he has so many against so many different opponents, right? He has now two 
great matches with Will Ospreay. He has the four with Okada. He has countless ones with Naito. He has ones with Ibushi. Ishii. List goes on. He has a great Ishii, one with Ishii. He has great matches with. Da- a, um, a, a one with Danielson. Fucking Michael Elgin he has a great match with. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, like he has great matches with everyone. And Danielson, that's another match he needs to, you know, they need to follow that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched Kenny Omega in Amazement. That is where I'm at in my pro wrestling fandom. I watch him in Amazement. I watch him knowing that he's going to deliver one of the best matches of the year anytime he's in a spot like this and still being in shock. When he put that foot on the rope on the Stormbreaker, leaped out of my chair. Because I was like, I know you're still going to lose. But you're still giving me that hope, and that's how you tell a great story. You you create hope even when you know you come down to this cheating. And I think the Don Callis stuff is intriguing. I think Kenosuke Takeshita is going to have the best match of his career against Kenny Omega very very soon. Um, Kenny Omega is about making people right now. You don't need to make Will Osprey because he's already seen as one of the best. And Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay needs Kenny Omega more than Kenny Omega needs him. Sure. That's where I'm at. Sure. Right. That's how that's how we're building the Will Ospreay heavyweight yeah. persona. Well Kenny Omega that's doesn't the, Kenny Omega doesn't really need anyone at this point. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't need anyone. Um, and that's the beauty of it. But he is helping so many different people. Uh, you know, I can name five different matches this year that Kenny's been had fantastic matches with. You have the Vikingo match, obviously great, completely different style. You have the Osprey matches, both different, both similar, but both different mm-hmm. in that they're just you know spectacular. Obviously, similar um, similar setups, but like worked completely differently. Right. You have the match with John Moxley in the steel cage. Mm-hmm. And completely different. And you have the countless trios and tags and stuff with the elite. Right? I'll, I'll just say the game, Cobb match too? game six, game seven or whatever of, of the ladder the, match. Uh, yeah, the, the tr- De La Muerte match. Yeah, that's just game seven. So, yeah, there you go. Those are all such different matches and yet all you remember from each of them is what Kenny Omega did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, again, a reason why he is here. And I think everyone else will be a step below him as long as he can compete at this high level. And it's not going to last forever. So I tell everyone, appreciate it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Because it's going to stop eventually. I uh, truthfully, I think you can agree with me. We thought it was done, <laughs> right? And then he came back from injury, and he was him again, just yeah. a little more grounded. You know, some some dinkheads online will say, "Oh, this is Kenny Omega of old." Shut up, Kenny Omega's he's the best. He's just the best, and I I I love this match. I thought the finish was great. You know, Osprey winning was the right choice. Yeah, I put I uh, that was my prediction. I know a lot of people that thought Kenny wins, but I do I do think though that like 
based on the story that we kind of laid out, there is also a possibility that Omega could have won that. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, they, yeah. They didn't. Here's the thing: they didn't do any dives. Yeah, yeah. Besides the corkscrew that the, the, Osprey yeah. did, the Sky Twister press. We didn't get the Terminator dive. Mm -hmm. We didn't, you know, we didn't get any of the super flashy stuff. Mm -hmm. These mother truckers, they're holding in for one more because that's just the creativity they have. It was an old school match with a modern twist. Yeah. And those are my favorite matches. I think these days, truthfully, is the old school matches with a modern twist. Um yeah, this was great. I, I this it's funny because my friend came over to watch Danielson and Okada. Mm-hmm. He didn't even stay for it because work in the morning. Sure. Um, and the show's going forever. He's left after Osprey at Omega, and I texted him, "You made the right choice." Not because I, not because Okada and Danielson was bad, but. There was no following that match, I think, for them. Unless, well, you know, Danielson got hurt. But <laughs> maybe if Danielson didn't get hurt, we were taught we have a different conversation today. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, I think that's that that's definitely part of it. Which makes me sad because I don't think they're ever going to run it back now. Probably but, not. I don't think. I don't. I don't think so. But you know what? That's okay. We we have the one. Yeah, I'm happy with the one. But yeah, unless they like blow it off into a feud, but like that would that feud would come like maybe a year or two down the line because Okada's already feuding with twelve different people at the same time right now. If Danielson ever gets to Japan, it's for that match. Yeah, I would think so. And then Okada can beat him in Japan. That makes sense. Because if because the reason I think you go back to it is because Okada lost. Yeah, and, and tapped Okada out. doesn't lose and, and tapped out. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to make up for that. And I'm sure he was going to tap out either way because, I mean, you could have pinned him with a psycho knee. You didn't need an arm for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So he was always going to tap. Mm-hmm. He just had to tap to something that looked far more painful than the LaBelle look. Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> Which I prefer. It worked. I just was shocked. But what a show, huh? What a show. This show was fantastic. There was so much great stuff. So much great stuff top down. You know. What's your top five matches? Go, in uh, order. Uh, 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 the 10-man tag. Yep. The Omega Osprey. Yep. Uh, uh, Danielson Okada. Yep. Um, that was real tough. original. <laughs> I know, that, the, the easy. The top three are easy. Uh, and then from yeah, there, yeah. um, um, I'm s- probably will say I'm, I'm, I'm between flip flopping between the punk match and the orange Cassidy match. I'll probably say punk four and then orange cassidy five that'd be my top five matches from this show yeah mine's kenneth and billiam mm-hmm. um then the f- 10 man then danielson and okada punk and kojima and yeah it has to be the four-way and then naito uh darby uh- <laughs> Um, let's finish up here with any, I think Tony is at the presser right now. So let's just see if he has yeah, anything he's still to say. Going. 
Uh, yeah, we'll probably end before Tony's fully done. Doesn't he know people want to go to bed? No, of course not. Um, Tony's asked about graphics for Dynamite, and he says that he still gets people talking about the 2019 rainbow powder look, and he loves it too. So never say never on that coming back. That's just interesting. This is an interesting quote. Tony says sometimes with production details, you lose the forest through the trees, booking four different wrestling shows. So he's saying by booking four different wrestling shows, that is probably part of the reason why he didn't have the correct wrestling music for some of the wrestlers. Hmm, interesting. Have, you should hire someone. What? To do that. <laughs> hire someone to make sure you have all the music correct. Um, oh, no. I'm just, just saying, just saying. Tony says pay-per-view buys for this year's Forbidden Door are bigger than last year's and double or nothing. Double or nothing is not a shock at all, but last year's, if I recall, were pretty good. So that that's very good. How bigger? We'll find out, but that's already pretty good. Mm-hmm. Let's see if there's anything else. He says the launch of Collision has gone really well and throws that into throws it into calling this one of the best weeks in AW history. Tony says he likes Tom Lawler a lot. And we'll keep a match with him and Cole in mind for the future. Um, all right, here we go. Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics asks about: Is it a conscious decision for Punk to not be at the presser? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, Thurston. Tony says he's done a lot of media and he'll be happy to do a presser of Punk. <laughs> Trevor Dane writes in all caps. Liar. Right to all caps. Prove it, you coward. Uh, <laughs> you think uh, Punk reads that and just smiles? I hope so. He's gonna probably do an Instagram thing and try to have some sort of rancid song be the be the song for the oh, video. It's always a rancid song. Uh, Tony says he's sure he's sure they'll get Punk doing even more media to promote AEW this week. Uh, Brandon also asks how we're gonna be able to see All In. Tony can't tell us yet. He's working out some international stuff, but reiterates that we'll be able to watch it. Interesting. Um, we better be able to watch it. We're going to have a conversation if we didn't. Oh, yeah. Biggest show ever. You can't watch it. Yeah, so uh, that's that's pretty much it for what he's got so far. Um, I want to see what the forbidden... I guess I can go to WrestleNomics.com. That'll probably have my answers. The forbidden WrestleNomics.com. Oh, yeah, forbidden. <laughs> it's the More resources. AW pay per view buys. I want to see. Hey, why hasn't anyone just booked um, good wrestlers all the time? So he is saying that um, this show would have done more than Forbidden Door last year. Last year it was 140,000. I don't have double or nothing in front of me um, here, but the estimate right now at Forbidden Door last year was 140000 So if it did more than that, we're talking maybe full gear from 2021 at 155000 We're talking as high as double or nothing 2022, Revolution 175. I doubt it's all out CM Punk's debut in 2021 with 215, but... You know, if we're talking, you know, 150 area, 160, that's good. That's a pretty good pay-per-view buy, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, that's pretty good. AW's got good business going, man. They're they're 
do you see all these tweets about like how AW business is failing and that like oh they're, they're still being compared to WWE and not getting billion dollar deals and all this stuff and it's just like they're this this level of business in five years. I'm just worried about this Canada stretch. The collision. That's all can- I'm worried about. Yeah. No, no, all around. They're in Canada for the next month. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, it's gonna. They're gonna tire out Canada. I think. I, I don't they, think they should have done all this. I mean, I get, they're not if, running the right Canada spots. Regina. <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah, I wish they were more mobile in Canada, or at the very least, run Collision in Canada or something like that, and like Dynamite in like well they have sets no i get that i get that (laughs) but uh but yeah well we'll... oh 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 last thing Mm -hmm. i have a gripe i have a gripe Mm -hmm. i I need i need companies this company especially to stop running the hell out of a location before your pay-per-view looking at you chicago for united center oh we're gonna hit we're going to hit the now arena for dynamite, then the United Center for collision, and then our pay-per-view in the United Center. Yeah, I believe what? The, I believe the stretch there is Duluth, Georgia, London, England for Wembley, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. If you're going if you want to do a full stretch of shows in the same town, do the pay-per-view first. Yeah. I agree. The pay-per-view matters more. Yeah. You want your hottest crowd then. They're going to be tired of shit by the end of that. Because then you might get... I I would think in theory... That's how you, WWE has done this. They'll do the full weekends. Mm-hmm. SmackDown, whatever, mm-hmm. NXT, and Raw. And it, you could do it as like a bundle and all this other stuff. I, I, I would think in theory, if you did the pay-per-view first and then you had the the return home show after that or whatever, also in Chicago, you would think that maybe there would be people walking out of the pay-per-view and thinking, that was great, I have to see the return home yes. and buy some tickets. Yes, because <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Ryan, Tony Khan and go-home shows aren't always the best. I know, and the go-home <laughs> show for Wembley is in Duluth, Georgia. I'm in August. I am unsure if I want to go or not. It's the go home. How do you show. go from Duluth, Georgia to Wembley? I don't know, man. London. I don't know, man. But but you know, it, but that is the thing. I'm just I'm sitting here like, man. It, you would think it would be no question because it's a go home show out of their biggest show ever. Yes, but it's like Tony Khan doesn't book go home shows like a normal human being. No. No, and so I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll figure that out later. But at the yeah. same time, what I might just end up doing is like buying the ticket like the day of or the week of or something. Yeah, because they're not going to sell out. They're not going to sell out, and when they start doing that, they're going to start making the tickets super cheap. And it, you know, it might not be like great seats per se, but the seats the seats will be super cheap, so that's fine. Yeah, it's probably a better choice. Wait and see. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Wait and see what's being booked around that time. Also true. It's, it'd be the go home for Wembley. So you would have to think, you know, whatever we got in Wembley will be happening. So you would hope that Wembley's their best card ever. <laughs> you, one would hope one would think one would think it's possible. I uh, don't know. I'm trying to predict Tony Khan's like trying to predict 
Juice Robinson. Weird, weird analogy. And that's how we'll end the show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us on Patreon. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash count pod. If you're listening to the audio only version of this, uh, we thank you as well, but you're missing the whole story. And as by subscribing to patreon.com forward slash count pod. Uh, and getting all of our content, including joining us for these live shows and getting our exclusive content on patreon.com forward slash countoutpod. I have been Ryan. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Nightsy. That has been Scotty. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott E. Wrestling. The whole show is Ring Post Radio. Subscribe to the full podcast wherever you get podcasts. Uh, and until next time, um, we will talk to you all later. Goodbye. Hey. Have you guys heard of the new show on the Canat Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like, like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. <laughs> yeah, we're really new to this. So <laughs> what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for the Ichiban Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Ichiban. This has been a Countout Podcast.